This podcast is being recorded by the governments. Neve, what would you do if the government listens to this podcast? Um, ASMR. They probably need it. <laughs> Neve, could you could you do some ASMR, please? For the governments, yeah. For the governments, like this is okay. It's Joel from Department Financing. He's stressed out. The new regulation. No one knows what it means. The language is all like abstract and confusing. Uh, he 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 loves uh, Dave from marketing, but Dave from marketing is like kind of into Jill. So it's oh, what's happening? Go. Hi, Joel. I know you're having a hard day ruining the country, and you don't really understand your job because you fell into it. But you're doing a really good job being terrible. <laughs> like most politicians i hope dave notices you but then i kind of don't but it's still okay i don't know where to go from here let's start the podcast well i guess that's out of the way welcome (laughs) to the let's Fight a boss pod. Brian, for fuck's sake! Jesus Christ, now we have to cut everything and start again. Oh no. Oh, for fuck's sake. My talented. Is it so impossible. much to ask for one goddamn degree of professionalism on this podcast? My headphones fell off and hit the microphone. I'm not sorry. That was so good. Do you know how shocking it is? Stop that. <clears throat> Sounds like good. I. I. I, I, I watch stop. stop. No, you're not. not, you're, not <laughs> you're not let fuck me this episode. I'm too, this episode I'm too jet lagged. <laughs> How was LA, John? Oh, oh LA. LA. Brian, please. Okay, I'll stop. Have you actually stopped? Okay. LA was good. It's weird. It's weird. I was a digital influencer. What the fuck is that? Okay, so I would constantly it, the way it, so the way it works is like there's Anime Expo, right? But then there's the there's the security company who run the convention center, and Anime Expo will have to give all their construction all their instruction to the security company. So a lot of stuff gets lost in translation. There's a lot of can you get in here with this badge? Can you mm. do that? And I found I've gotten like a pretty good pissy tone on me now because I'd be going around with um, Rebecca. That's Neve's Rebecca for those who are who keep track of this thing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Not my Rebecca. Not not Brian's Rebecca this time. And um, it was really good. Like the, the whole the week was really surreal. Like it always is. Whenever you go across seas and do like a big anime con, there's a lot of meeting people and human contact starts to become really weird and strange. Um I I did I did like the panel. And that was really, really cool. But it was like, I did an hour panel and then like a two and a half hour meetup. And by the end of it, I needed to piss so badly. And so for the last five people, and everyone has their little bit they want to say, you know, everyone wants to tell you like, you know, their favorite video or, you know, something like that. And I just be like, do you want to, do you want a fucking photo or what, what do you want? You know, you fucker. Um, but everyone was super sweet and it was, it was really, really cool. Do you want to hear a weirdo story? Yeah, yeah. always. Okay. A weirdo at a con? Yeah, unbelievable, right? They let one in. But there was this one guy, and I I don't mind saying this because I'm confident he'll never hear it. (laughs) For reasons that you will understand soon. And this dude seemed like someone who was probably very into ponies. That kind of thing. Not saying that to disparage him. I don't give a shit. Whatever. 
I, I have enough weird shit in my closet that I don't judge other people. Do you have a much. pony? <laughs> so the panel breaks up and like when it, when the panel breaks up, the first thing I have to do, and I learned this last year, is there's going to be a crowd that forms outside of maybe, I'd say, like maybe 50 to 100 people. And the first thing I have to do is like lead them to an area where we can start a meetup because it's kind of dangerous and it blocks the mm. halls and the staff get really pissed. And so, but he comes up to me straight away and he's like, can I get a photo? And I was like, oh, and I was like, well, we might, we might just go around the corner and he goes, would you mind? It'll just be, it'll just take a sec. And I was like, okay, sure, sure. And we take a photo. And, um, so then anyway, we walk around the corner and we go, have to go outside and then there's an earthquake. And so we have to move again. And then when we move again, he comes up to me again, kind of skipping the queue a little mm. bit. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Can I just get another photo? Can I just get one of you? And I was like, sure. And so then anyway, he, he goes, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. And then anyway, the meetup starts proper. I get about 30, 40 people in. Uh, getting a little, you know, getting a little loopy at this point, and I look in the queue, and it's this fucking guy is queuing up again, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And so he comes up and he tells me that the first photo he got of just me and him, the lighting wasn't right, and you can't really see us. And okay. I was like, okay. And I take the photo again, and I make sure the lighting is right. And so then, anyway, he finishes up and he's just kind of chatting, and I gave, and I'm just like, okay, well, cool, listen. You know, thanks for coming by. You know, I really appreciate you watching the videos or whatever. And he goes, oh, I've never actually heard of you before today. Why? That's, I was like, oh, what? Like he was <laughs> queuing and went to the panel? At this point, he's invested about three hours of his evening in this. In you. And like, I was just like. Oh. There's so much to do and see at an anime convention. I know, but he showed up to just. So what I think it was is he saw Wolf in the title and I think he seemed like the kind of guy who maybe wants to fuck a wolf. Oh my god, Neve. Does he? I'm just filling in the I blanks. Don't. It's mating season. It's a full moon. <sighs> this was like my chance to kind of confide this memory in you too, but you're you're just making <laughs> so, it. So he seemed like a kind of guy who wanted... I, I don't know. What had, he was of a furry disposition. Ah, okay. No judgment to furries. I have a lot of fans who are furries, and most of them are fucking cool and really nice. This was a little weird. But this guy wanted to slam it hard. I don't know. He wanted to slam it hard. <laughs> I have Salt? no evidence of that. He just wanted to just get in there. Yeah, I... He was in there first. Your first con, Guys, sweetheart. I'm so jet lagged, and this is really hard. Like my, my defenses are really low this episode, and you're both, you're both, you're both going pretty hard. Can you in? Uh, so we have names this episode that okay. I picked. Yep. We're up from the thirty-six okay, no, chamber. To start the video. I have to start the intro again. Welcome to that's why the boss video game podcast, the world's strongest video game podcast. Uh, so I'm sitting here with two of. The baddest hip-hop artists from the early 90s. To my left, it's the Bitter Knight. It's Brian. What's up? To my right, it is the profound samurai herself. It's Neve. Hello. And with you always, it's your host, the sarcastic ninja, Joms. Oh dear. So I was about two seconds into the panel, like literally two seconds into the panel, and someone just goes, Hey, Josh. That's my guy. Yeah, I had to, at one point, I had to be like, I will no longer answer any more <laughs> Let's Fight a Boss questions. <laughs> um, 
but it was great it was actually it was actually really sweet the amount of, the amount of let's fight a boss fans there were and there was a lot of people super invested in the war for the queenship i got a lot of people pledging their loyalty to the dark prince who's that why yeah what's the dark prince that's me i'm the dark prince let's fight a boss you <laughs> you're the fight. fucking court jester you're the fool it's a lot of very hurtful things being said right now <laughs> you're just Maybe, could you say something nice to balance it out you moon the people for our entertainment. We, you're, you're, we feed you the swill that the pigs don't eat. We're going to talk about some media now. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where we talk about stuff that aren't video games yet. No, we'll get there. Just You just got to wait like 40 minutes in this video game podcast. We'll start talking about video games. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I saw Fighting With My Family. I've seen this film as well. Yeah? This is such an airplane movie. Did you watch it on the airplane? I watched it on the airplane. Yeah, it's such a good airplane movie. I This was so much better than I thought it would it's be. It's so cute. It's really good. Um. So what really surprised me about this is if you guys... This is the, this is the biopic about Paige, the WWE wrestler. And you might have seen the trailer for this. And it's like about this kind of wrestling family. And the trailer makes it look like a Disney movie. Yeah. Because the rock's in it. Yeah. And it just, it has that kind of rags to riches mm. story. And it's produced by WWE as well. So Yeah. So it really looks like a very kind of sweet, wholesome movie. And it, it has elements of that, but it's really not that. No, it's tough. It's kind of tough and there's a nice edge to it. And some of the humor is really fucking funny. There's this bit where like Paige, she's from like London and she's like a kind of goth and she goes to WWE developmental and she meets like a bunch of like these, you know, like blonde cheerleader wrestlers. And she's like, oh, all right, my name's Paige. And one of the blonde cheerleader wrestlers just goes, I love your accent. You sound like a Nazi in a movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. That's the kind of jokes that are in it, you know? And it's really funny. And, like, a lot of the actors in it, like, the people who play her family, are her dad and her mom were so fucking funny. Yeah, it's, it's Cersei and... Uh... Oh, Lena Headey. What? Yeah, that's Lena Headey. She's so good, you didn't even recognize just, her. She blended into the role. She 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 does not look like Cersei in real life. No. She looks like, normally looks like that. Like, she's covered in tattoos. No wonder I was she's so... so hot. And, and, yeah, yeah. I, I was, like, really attracted mm. to the mom. And, and, I was and, like, and God the, damn it. And then the dad is Nick Frost from, like, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, he's brilliant. And not hot uh, you should see him in this he's very cuddly yeah very um, cuddly Steve Merchant directed it who co-created The Office and I think he must have punched up the dialogue as he well a bit. Steve Merchant's in it as well yeah he is and he's very funny Um, some of the dialogue is very Steve Merchant-y but like in a really good way yeah and um, I loved her brother in it I felt really bad for him the bit where like Vince Vaughn is just like look you made it as far as you do yeah I take it back Mr. Frost has a cool beard in this one yeah yeah right yeah, they all look like wrestlers. Well, they're all, yeah. Um, good job, film. <laughs> but it's really good. And, like, it really understands the wrestling industry as well. There's a really interesting, like, clash of cultures where, like, Paige grew up wrestling. And she's wrestling with all these, like, um, female wrestlers who have never wrestled before. Like, maybe they're models or cheerleaders or whatever. And one of them, like, hits her with an elbow by mistake. And Paige is like, just, you know, keep an eye on what you're doing and just, like, look at me. But then she does it again, like, by accident. And Paige slaps her. But in wrestling, in wrestling culture, you're allowed to do that. It's called a receipt. So mm. if someone like tags you like in real life, you're allowed to hit them back. And it's the way you really learn to take care of your opponents because they're going to hit you if you do something wrong. It's weird, but it, it's like, it's a legit thing. And like, that's like a turning point in the story. 
And it's interesting to see them take these kind of fairly deep cuts from like wrestling and actually implement them into the story, you know? Um, I felt maybe the last third of it felt a bit rushed because a lot of it's how much trouble Paige is having integrating into the system. And then in the last third, she just, she does it, you know? And it's a little, it felt, it, it felt a little easy to me, but other than that, I thought it was a great movie and the cast were so endearing and it's, the girl who plays Paige, she's fantastic. She's amazing. Uh, her name is Florence P- P- Pug. Yeah, Pug. It, it, it's it, it's one of those surnames I don't know how to pronounce. But she's in another film that we'll be talking about in a while. Okay. But um, it was really cool. I thought it was interesting at the end when like they showed actual put footage of Paige wrestling, and you just fucking forget how amazing Paige is. She's like, she can just move like crazy. But it was it was a super super good, like enjoyable movie. Brian, yes, too old to die young. Okay, I'm going to talk about this very quickly because I don't really care or like it. Okay, okay. Do you know what this is? No. You're not going to like it, but I'm going to tell you as quick as I can because I want to get to the interesting thing. Let's okay. see who starts booing first, Neve. Okay. This is an Amazon Prime original series. <laughs> okay. Written and directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Who's that? The creator of oh, the the guy directed Drive and Neon Demon. Uh, woo! There it is. <laughs> okay. So it's ten episodes long. Every okay. episode is about approximately ninety minutes. Oh. Uh, and it is about an LA cop trying to find out who murdered his partner. Right. This and, sounds like you would like it. And he goes into the criminal underworld and he meets um, like the Mexican drug cartel. He meets the Yakuza. He meets a bunch of teenagers. And it is the most, like, neon street cityscape thing he's made. It is fucking boring. Is this guy bad at making stuff? He well, is. I don't I, know. I, I, I like 50% of his work, and then the other 50% I really don't enjoy at all. And this isn't that half of it do you think you can't bank on neon anymore since everything has neon lighting in it now it really feels like he's he did that one gods forgives as well only god forgives which isn't particularly good yeah i've never heard anyone say too good about that um this is just a character will talk then a then there's 10 seconds of silence then another character will talk and every scene is like that and maybe there might be a bit of action in the middle of it but like the characters are flat there's just no energy it's boring in episode four the main character played by miles teller who is actually really kind of like good like he 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 looks like an old hollywood actor like he is really really well cast and his character just stands around and reacts to stuff but he goes into a warehouse and it's where the yakuza operate out of la and he goes deep underground and they're there practicing archery and he's there with a Japanese guy, and the Japanese guy is going to try and get him a meeting with the head Yakuza who's behind um, a glass kind of meeting room. And he goes in, talks to the Yakuza, and the boss gives out to him, and there's a man sitting in the corner of the room, stands up and cuts off this guy's finger with a samurai sword. And you're like, cool. And then you look at who the person is, and this person doesn't say anything, They just stand up, take out a samurai sword, cut off someone's finger, and then sit back down. But the person who is is wielding the samurai sword is Hideo Kojima. Mm. 
again that's such a like yay boo <laughs> i like that he's there but i also don't like that he's there uh and nicholas winding refn is motion capture character in uh yeah Gennie. and so there you have it that's the connection uh, i it's yeah okay it's not a good show do not watch it if you're curious, Google Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Too old to die young. And you can see it. Oh, there he is. That's it. Next. Next. Um, Neve, tell us about Anima. Uh, anima. It's, it's spelled anime, just for future reference. Uh, every time I Googled it. I still haven't watched this. So this is Tom York of Radiohead's short film directed by paul thomas anderson who did like magnolia phantom tread and there will be blood it is like a 12 minute long interpretive dance um, video to um tom york's new album anima uh anima is like kind of it's anima and animus it's kind of part of jungian psychology which tom york is super into so this is all about his dreams and that and dystopia and it's just it's a really interesting piece it's it starts with tom york on the train the underground and everyone's falling asleep to a beat so you know the way you like nod off to sleep and your head bounces yeah it's like using that beat so everyone's like falling asleep consistently to the beat all across it and it keeps continuing and there's a like it's to four tracks so it's only like around 12 minutes long but it kind of goes through a dream sequence with him. But there's just some really interesting dance in it. There's a bit where they're clearly on a sloped surface, but it's shown flat. So they can kind of march up the wall on their knees and their elbows. And it just makes for this really cool looking visual of people moving. And you're just, you kind of want to see the behind the scenes, like how steep was that? But it's, it's on Netflix. It's a really cool short thing where you get to see some awesome choreography to some really trippy um, electronic music that only like inspires like anxiety and dystopia and all those fun things that I enjoy. Uh, the dance, the choreography is from the same choreography uh, choreographer who did Suspiria and Tom York did the music for the new Suspiria as well. So uh, that makes sense. It's, 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 it's cool and it's moody and I think it's worth a watch if you like that stuff and you like Radiohead. Cool. Sounds good. And that's on Netflix. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like that about that with like um, Beyonce's Lemonade and like Tom York's kind of like anima. It's kind of, there's this space f- for streaming platforms to kind of do long form video around music. Yeah. Cause there, there, are, there, are, there are a bunch of like 15 to 30 minute short films. Like all, all of Don Hertzfeld's animated short films are on Netflix. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. really cool. They're very... They're very buried, but it's kind of nice that this is like on the yeah. front page. Yeah. Until something else comes. Well, yeah, I guess other stuff comes along. But you know, when a music video used to come out, it used to be such um, a big deal. Yeah. In it's in a lot of ways, and now it's just kind of ubiquitous. Everything has a music video, and yeah. they kind of range from quality and kind of stakes all the time. And I just think it's like interesting that there's also the streaming space to maybe put more money into things and get a bit more artistic yeah i would love for music videos to kind of have more of a platform and i know like yeah. music videos get a shit ton of views on youtube but they get a shit ton of views because it's the same people listening to the song over and over as opposed to like the video yeah the music videos don't go viral in the same way they do like the the ones that will always go viral will songs go viral, go viral. yeah songs don't. Exactly. videos don't yeah but yeah that sounds cool 
definitely worth a watch. Okay. I have something, but you guys are not allowed to be weird over it. Okay. I read the IDW Sonic the Hedgehog comic. What's what? Which one? Which one's this? This is the new one. Okay. Is it good? It's super good. It's really, really like it's. I never read like I, I have very limited experience with the old Archie comics. I think I've maybe read one volume once, and I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty all right. But this is really weirdly fun to read. They have a bunch of really super good artists. And you know when there's like a couple of different artists working on a series and sometimes you're like, oh, it's this guy. I don't mm. like this guy as much. Every one of these artists I like. And like all the drawings are like so expressionate, like expressive and cool and like really cute. And the story is like, it's a Sonic the Hedgehog story. So it's not like, you know, it's not like super fucked up or super like in depth or anything. But the dialogue's all really kind of catchy, and every panel just kind of feels well used. And I am kind of surprised because I saw some of, I saw some art from it on Twitter, and I was like, "This looks, this looks really good." And I had Metal Sonic, and I love Metal Sonic because he's an emotionless robot. And I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed this. If I don't know, it's a weird thing to recommend to people, but like. If you can pick up a volume, even just like have a look at it at some of the art because it's it's beautiful. It starts off with Dr. Eggman losing his memory and he turns super nice. And it's really weird and no one can tell if he's like putting it on or not. That's a fun concept. It is really fun and there's a lot of shit like that. Um, right now in it, Sonic is infected with this metal virus which will take over his body and turn him into a cyborg if he stops running. Oh no. Yeah, oh no. And, and Rouge the Bat's in it. She's pretty cool. I, I was actually thinking about Rouge the Bat this morning. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Me three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. What a what a what a beautiful woman. <laughs> what a beautiful bat. Hey, no 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 discrimination here. No, I love her guano. Her what? <laughs> What's a guano? What? What? Guano isn't that isn't that what they call bat poop? Isn't that from Ace Ventura? <laughs> Ventura. Oh, the second one. Yeah. yeah. Am I saying it wrong? It's probably not Guano. And I'm I, like, no, I don't think your I don't think your pronunciation is what is wrong with that. Concept. No, no. It, it's just one of those words that doesn't really come up a lot of the time. No, in, especially in the video game podcast. But that's fine. So we're just gonna we're just gonna <laughs> let Brian just we're just gonna let Neve just be like, yeah, that's it, and just that's it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Good one, Neve. The IDW song comics are really fun. I'd, I'd recommend them. Brian. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about Stranger Things season yes. three? Yes. Yeah, I, I finished it the other day. I thought it was neat. Uh, I didn't really enjoy season two. I thought season one was cool, but kind of empty in places. I think this is the most energetic season. They, they have a way, way bigger budget, so the set design, and there's loads and loads of extra characters which is kind of cool yeah because sometimes you didn't really believe it was the 80s i think this is the most believable 80s i hear a lot of it said in the mall yeah yeah that's kind of cool like the mall looks fucking awesome and um some of the and like it's got an a storyline a b storyline c storyline a d storyline at one point it even has an e storyline and like they're all they're all they're all pretty good and they all kind of culminate in the mall which is nice um stranger things you're watching it as well, aren't you, Eve? Yeah, I'm a few episodes in. Um, uh, like, 
I'm so I'm always up and down on Stranger Things. When it's really good, it's super good. Yeah, it is totally. Um, when a lot, of, a lot of great actors, but then there's yeah. where you're just checking your phone. Yeah, when there's when it's not great, it's not great. I found I found this season, and I've always I've had this issue with like Stranger Things in general. Their desire to pair up those children consistently is just really annoying to me, and just how focused everything is on um, very heterosexual relationships, romantic and otherwise. Sometimes I feel like TV shows, whenever they want to portray like adolescence or maturity, they just go straight to relationships. It's like the only way they can generate drama. And I think that's shitty because I think there's so many more interesting things about like being a teenager than developing feelings for someone and like there's a there, that is interesting but but it, it's not even about pining you know yeah. what i mean it's just, just about they're like couples, they're in yeah. relationships it's just really like like why the fuck are these kids like so obsessed with this and they're with girlfriends so, they're and, so horny this season yeah D- dustin then is like fake secret real girlfriend kind of thing and all the moms want to fuck the bully i'm sorry neil i'm sorry for cutting off like that it's okay i understand this is difficult for you. I guess. This isn't heterosexual, but that bully. He's so fucking hot. Holy shit, Billy the bully. I'm so glad that Billy has woken like this latent desire in you. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, um, but also... <laughs> oh, it's a slightly related subject. Sorry, you. <laughs> Go on. Uh, if you Google Super Eyepatch Wolf Girlfriend and scroll down a little bit, a picture of Brian comes up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> you don't come up with me. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, algorithm. Um, People know what they are. Here's the thing I don't like about B- Billy this season. They're like, oh, Billy, you're like, you know, he's struggling with the evil darkness within him. And it's like, he was Hell like a yeah. psychopath last season Yo, and he didn't terrible. have like a demon in him then. Like, okay. They use him. Re- I-, I find they use him very effectively and they just burn him. Mm-hmm. They just burn through that fucking Billy material and just. He's so weird around moms, but like you find out why, which is kind of cool, I guess. But just that what that fucking mullet, that thin mustache, that earring, those nipples. He's just the best. Michelle's Michelle's pretty enamored. Yeah, I, I with him there would be no safe word. I just I. What love, are you planning to do? To- he could do whatever he wants to me. I'll just sit there. Okay. So Billy's going to bake gonna Brian a into a good, pie. good, hard think about how much of this I'm going to edit out. <laughs> That's, I don't mind. Yeah, I, I know you don't mind, Brian. I don't mind That's whatsoever. apparent. I, it's a fictional character. I don't know. I'm only, I'm halfway through. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I don't, I think I'm maybe over these kids. Like, there's going to be a fourth season of this, is there? There's definitely a fourth season. Oh, yeah. there's, I think there's going to be like seven seasons of this. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm getting like Stranger Things burnout. But like, but like the way Netflix do their shows is they either cancel it too early or just fucking run it into the ground. Yeah, run it to the yeah. ground like so, they did with that president show and the Orange is the New Black I think and stuff like one, that. One of my biggest problems with Stranger Things, and I think it's kind of why I checked out of season one so hard, was um, and I get that this isn't actually what a lot of people are going there for. So this is just gonna be like a criticism I think bothers me. But I just found the kind of horror side of it so basic. Like the monsters I, this season are awesome. Okay, yeah, because that's because I found like the monster in season one. It was all right. I, but I don't like, like that monster. It was basically like baby's first alternate yeah. universe. Okay, thing. the the monsters this season are like dead space monsters. Yeah. Oh right. And it's cool because they're like hulking abstract muscle blobs, 
but then they can dissolve themselves and go under any doors and reemerge. The and, Alex Macket. Yeah, it's cool. cool. Um, I really, really like the designs this season. Okay. And even just like the kind of build up around it, like with all the rats freaking out at the start. Yeah. Like it's... There's good stuff in there. There's, I think the horror is better this season yeah. in general. It, okay. is, it is. No, they're, they're, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I might check this out. This I could leave the Russian subplot. Like I don't really need that. That's just like, well, like the, like the first two seasons had the American government as the bad guys. And then this is leaning into the whole Red Scare of the mid 80s. Mm hmm. There's a bit of satanic panic in there as well. I love a bit of Satan Peyton. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just, you guys remember the 80s? This is the most remembered the 80s season they've ever done. Yeah. There's a bit where just a char- bunch of characters in the, are in the cinema watching Back to the Future for the sake of it. Yeah. That's what that sounds like. And they got the rights to Back to the Future because the trilogy is on Netflix right now. So, you guys are, you're pretty up on it, Brian. You liked it. Yeah, but like, it's just fucking the Avengers movies. It's just one of those things. Okay. It's Coca-Cola. Neve, tell us about The Apostle. So, this is another Netflix thing. And I had a lot of time on my hands. So I do what a lot of people do is I go to Google and I type in best horror Netflix. And then I amend that and go best horror Netflix UK and Ireland because I don't want to disappoint myself. And The Apostle came up, which is a 2018 film by Garrett Evans, known for making martial arts action films, The Raid, Raid 2, and Marantu. What? So, yeah, yeah, he's Welsh, a Welsh director. He makes martial arts action. This is. He made one for VHS 2 as well. Mm. Um, Yeah, so he has done horror. So, this is a period uh, horror piece, uh, fantastical horror. And because he's like, if you've seen the raid and stuff, it is quite visceral. This has this, this is pretty visceral, but it's also because it's that period horror. It's grounded in a weird reality. So when things kind of the reality of oldness, I guess. Um, but then once things start getting weird, they get really weird. So uh, it's Dan Stevens who was in Downton Abbey as Matthew Crowley and is in Legion. And he is, he needs to go to a remote Welsh island to find his sister who's been kidnapped by a mysterious cult led by cult leader Michael Sheen. The cult worship a goddess, a goddess who gives them good crops, but they have to give them, her something in return. What do they give her? Who knows? You'll find out. Is it the girl? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The very first night he's there, he's given a jar. And he's like, what the fuck is my jar for? But he can't let on that he hasn't been given an invite to this cult because he's trying to infiltrate them. He's not going in guns blazing or anything. Yeah. He's going in sleuthy. I'm going to f- be their friend and get so my sister out of there. the less he says, there. the better. Yeah. So he gets in. He gets the jar. Uh, he looks outside his bedrooms because they've all been given lodging and work in this cult. Like, it's kind of thriving. And he realizes that the jars are full of blood outside every single person's door. So everyone bloodlets their arms at nighttime. Um, It goes from there. It has some of the wildest character design I've seen. Like I will say straight up Resident Evil Silent Hill-esque. And it kind of takes a real like hard turn from kind of something like The Witch. Where it's kind of grounded in that like old timey reality. To going really like Silent Hilly. You know, 
Um, You're really selling me on this movie. It yeah. was really surprisingly good. I had a really great time watching it. It's it's it looks great as well. The acting is superb. Like everyone is doing an amazing job. It was one of those like hidden Netflix gems, and that's I'm really glad I watched fantastic. it. Fantastic. That sounds so good. I'm down. Yeah, totally. So that's the Apostle, and it's on at least UK and Irish Netflix. Cool. Speaking of creepy cult endeavors, yeah, folk horror, Brian. Me and you saw a movie. Not together. No. No. But we did both see a movie. Yes, we did. We both saw... Midsommar. Midsommar. And this is from the director of Hereditary. Ari Aster. Ari Aster. And it stars the same girl who played Paige from Fighting Fighting With My Family. Oh, what? She's a really good actor. She, she, she's she, great in this. She was also in Little Drummer Girl last last year, the Park Chan Wook TV show for BBC. Um, so this the setup for this movie it's it's kind of interesting because this movie Hereditary was all about like we're gonna have to talk. I think if we're gonna talk about this, we're gonna have to talk about some stuff. I'm okay with keeping it to like okay. broad. I haven't seen it. I'm yeah, seeing it tomorrow. Um, I, 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 I can leave the room. I'm okay with talking about like broad themes. And oh like yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, specific. No, no, I, I'd rather, yeah, because before, this time last year when you had both seen Hereditary, but I hadn't, you did it very well. Okay. You didn't spoil anything, so let's keep it as broad as possible. But you, okay. like, you're, you're like five minutes into this movie and you're like, this is definitely the same director as Hereditary. Oh, a hundred percent. There's like, the, the first five minutes is basically like a scene from Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Just someone is upset and they're wailing. Yeah. And... I think, like, the strength of this guy is his ability to just take, I wouldn't say everyday scenes, but, like, scenes that come from life, like, experiencing trauma and stuff like that, and just frame them in a way that they're fucking awful. I feel like there's some scenes in this movie that if anyone else did direct it, they'd just be a drama scene. He makes them horror scenes. Like, Jesus Christ. There's this There's this one cut right at the start, and it's this, like, it's just these, like, scenes of, like snow and it's a woman singing over them and then all of a sudden there's a really hard cut to the middle ring of a phone call and it's so jarring and it's so uncomfortable it like puts you on edge immediately and that tension doesn't really let up no you're you have a sense of dread the entire way yeah so this is like a daylight horror yeah i'd say 90 percent of this movie is in bright summer daylight and i think the 10 percent comes right at the start it's the wow. darkness the yeah. rest of it's just brightness and like it's very out in the open what's going on a lot like people are kind of talking indirectly about stuff but they're not hiding i i figured out what was going on like pretty early on in the movie like uh, uh, to the point i wouldn't really say it's a twist it's just it's more just how it happens yeah especially Mm -hmm. if, if you've seen the director's last film yeah he has he has themes that are continuing in this yeah and i feel like if hereditary was a lot about someone's just complete inability to handle death this is nearly like kind of this is nearly the kind of inverse of that in a really really weird way someone's inability to deal with life someone's ability to deal with death okay and just see it and like in a really in a kind of nice way nearly Mm. in that like it's just accepted and it's okay and there's like nothing wrong with it and it doesn't go the direction of like it doesn't go an obvious direction in terms of like 
oh, you're getting chased by a mad person and mm. they think that's fine. It's it's like, it's what's kind of horrifying about the movie is kind of how natural this community, basically it's about this group of American kids who go to this Swedish... A Swedish commune. A out, Swedish out, commune. Out, out in the wildlands. For this nine-day festival, the Midsommar Festival. And um, these people see death very differently to normal people. And the film does a really amazing job, at, or at least for the first while, of kind of being like, are we the weird ones here? Yeah, Because this kind of seems okay. Yeah, like there, there, there's that whole thing of like, you, you, you uh, go on holidays to a different part of the world. You're out of your comfort zone, and you're like, you're, you're, you're uh, forced to eat something you've never eaten before, or participate in something you've never been in before, and you kind of have to respect their culture. And there's a lot of that, and that's kind of what's sort of. And people are super compliant about it. Yeah, what's difficult because like some <laughs> people are really appalled by what they're seeing, and some people are like, this is. This is kind of this is normal. Like this is just their way of life. Like what we what we do is barbaric to them. Yeah. You know, that's such a good setup for horror. Then because then you feel like you can't question the reality you're shown because you don't know what normality is. Exactly. There. And like there's this there's a really good line in I think the fir- in the girl with the dragon tattoo where someone's a serial killer says something like how many people do you think have died because they didn't want to be rude? You know how many people mm. like stepped into a car they shouldn't have walked home with some like all that. And, there's a real element to that where you're constantly going, no, no, I don't like this. Yeah, like at, at several points, characters are given an option and they choose the easier option, which is the bad option. Yeah, and it's like this kind of, like, I guess sort of a stream of events happen and each time something happens, the situation's a little worse but none of the characters want to call it out because it's too uncomfortable. That's this... so great. I love that. Yeah, and, yeah, and like, yeah. And like that, that, that's pretty much the whole theme because it is just about a really... There's a lot... Just, there's yeah, a... just about a group of friends that shouldn't be together, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot about, like, taboo in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, something that's okay in one culture that is absolutely not in another. There's a really interesting scene where one character is explaining how this kind of religious commune gets their holy book oh god and it's really it's it's appalling like it's 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 just so fucked up and then a character one of the characters asks can they take a photo of the book and the idea of him taking a photo of the book is appalling to these people as how the book was made is to the americans Mm. and it's just really interesting like clash of ideology i think sometimes the danger with this kind of movie like Especially, like, you know, especially a lot of American-made movies is like, we went to a foreign culture and there was a lot of foreign people and they did things differently to us. There's a little bit about that in this movie, but for the most part, I think they handled it pretty well. Like, it doesn't feel very xenophobic. It more just... The no, horror... they're, like, they're like super welcoming. I yeah, like the horror comes from just how uncomfortable this difference in views is, you know? And, like, it does... You know, you've seen this guy's movies. You know how he likes to get in his, like, third act. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, they, this is an upsetting, difficult movie to watch in places. Yeah, and it's also not a movie from everyone. Like, I, I had people walk out of the cinema. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I've been mm-hmm. talking to people at work about it, and, like, pe- some people fucking hate this movie. Yeah, I 100% could and, see that. And, like, the movie is very experimental in places. It feels like a Jodorowsky film. It does kind of loop. And it's, like, nearly three hours long. Yeah. Do you think it's, like, 
like more so than hereditary do you think it's harder for it's way harder to uh digest than hereditary okay like hereditary each scene in hereditary is there for a reason there are some bits in this movie that could be cut yeah but, totally. but it's but it's there for atmosphere yeah and i i personally felt there was too much of that shit in it and i love atmosphere but definitely like the story really slows down in like the third quarter and there's a lot of shots of just like festival dancing and all this kind of stuff like it's still cool but mm. i think i think there's probably a tighter better horror movie in here yeah like you really have to be in the right mood to i kind of appreciate that because you know when you get into the third act of a horror movie it's just like well it's balls to the walls from here like and there's no like chance to like catch your breath sometimes i kind of like like yeah i kind of like those moments sometimes yeah. For it's, me, for me, my screening was full of lots of uncomfortable laughter because people didn't know how to react to what they but were this seeing. This is also kind of a funny movie. It is no, like, like some of the dialogues really funny. So like, is hereditary. Yeah, and like the like the 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 the, 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 the uh, main characters in it are really like they they are kind of shitty people. Some of them, but they're so believable and well written. Well, like a lot of the story revolves around the, the main lads. girl and his her boyfriend, mm. and they really. They struck me as two people who weren't like bad people, but just so wrong for each other, and in just this super uncomfortable way. And mm. it was great. I love the boyfriend. He's such a he's so mentally checked out. Yeah, he's such an idiot. Yeah, um, he's Irish. That guy. Yeah, he's great. So, Brian, the two bits that people walked out with for, on for me was the cliff bit happened. Yep, one guy was fucking straight out of there. That's a real turning point. And then another bit where a boy walks into a room and there's a bunch of people waiting for him. Yep. And a, a guy just got up and left. That's that's definitely another cuz from that point on yeah. Yeah. I I I really like the the bits where characters are drugged and they they vibrate everything. Yeah. It I, I like the, I I think there's a lot of casual like drug taking in this. Nice. Yeah. And the first yeah. time the first time <laughs> the cast take drugs is so funny. Like it was Yeah, it's really good. There's like there's a like dickhead best friend in this movie mm. and the guy who plays him plays him so well. Will Poulter, yeah. Yeah, he's great. He he was also in Bandersnatch as the fucking peroxide blonde oh, guy. Oh, okay. And, and, of course. And and and, and 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 he's in the Maze Runner games. Mm. And Cheedy from The Good Place is in it. Cheedy. Yeah. Is he safe? He's playing. Uh, it's a horror. Look, yeah, no, no one's safe. Okay. Which dude is he? The black guy. He was very good. Um, he, he he pretty much plays Cheedy from The Good Place in this as well. Like, he's he's kind of the most, like, polite out of them. Yeah. And well-meaning person, I guess. I fucking love this movie. Yeah? I yeah, thought I, it was I really great. This. I think... I might like it a bit better than Hereditary. Yeah, okay. One of these movies gets put in the vault and no one gets to see it ever again. Is it Hereditary or Midsommar? I think Hereditary will appeal to more people. But yeah. for I you... Think Midsommar is a more unique horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, it's a very There was movie. a point with Hereditary where I was like, okay, I see what we're doing here. I never hit that point with Midsommar. Like, right till the end, I was like, what is... Ooh, you know? Yeah. So Midsommar is your pick to keep. Oh, gotta choose. It's okay. Describe this vault to me, so no one's no humanity will never humanity from this moment on. Anyone who has never seen either of these movies from this moment will never have the opportunity to see them again. They can hear about it. You can tell them about it. You can okay, describe I, I, it. I think people. I think people miss the bus on Midsummer. I think they can all watch Hereditary. That's gonna make mo- loads of money. 
I think more people enjoy Hereditary. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I think I think Midsummer is a thing that is very specifically me and Brian because, and I think you, I think you, I do think you'll like it as well, Neve. Yeah, mm-hmm. like folk horror is such a cool genre. There's there's mm-hmm. not a lot of movies like this, and like it's a horror movie. It's all. Why daylight. do you want to put it in a box then? Because, because I think because Hereditary is fucking Hereditary. I, I think more people that, that, enjoy Hereditary. Like I would recommend Hereditary to more people than I'd recommend. That's so selfless of both ha, of you. Okay, okay. <laughs> so he's directed two feature films, Ari Aster. He's directed some short films as well. But have you ever seen his college grad film? What was it called? The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. No. It's no. a thirty-minute short film about a family called the Johnsons. I'm not loot dropping it because I I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't recommend people watch this movie. If you do seek it out, maybe watch the first three minutes. You'll know if it's for you or not. If it's not for you, just stop watching it. Okay, I'm going to watch that when I go home. Um, I'll send you a link. Please, um, please do. It is from the director of Hereditary and Midsommar. I need to stress that. Okay, that's fine. It's an upsetting film. This movie was upsetting as well. Like It's oh a bad my. time. I think there is one of the most shocking death scenes I've ever seen. And it's shocking because of how much not a big deal it is. Like, something's about to happen. They just don't cut. They just let it happen. And it's... And no one's reacting. And it's... It's awful. It's a great movie. Did you guys have good crowds other than the people who walked out? Uh, I, I really like my crowd. I, yeah. I had a cinema buddy. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, it was like very few people in the cinema. I ended up sitting beside this girl. We are about like whoa and then i left really quickly to make sure there could be no small talk so that relationship's perfect forever now <laughs> you didn't fuck it up no was that the most people who've left a cinema that you've been in no napoleon dynamite's the most people i've that is so funny more yeah. people left your napoleon, napoleon dynamite yeah i'd say about 12 people left when i saw napoleon dynamite that's so funny for me it was silence or neon demon like people walked out of silence because of how boring it was yeah. and people walked out of neon demon because you, you either love it or you fucking despise it yeah it was neon demon for me and mandy a lot of people walked out of which oh, i'd I say mandy's was. very hard to watch I not really no. no. mandy. yeah me neither I, I, I it's fine. It's the most fine. I, I watched you know? a couple of minutes of Mandy and I was just like, this, I'm not, I, you need to be in the right state of mind for that. I place. bet if you love that guy's stuff, you love it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd 100% recommend this movie. Like, again, it's not going to be for everyone. I think I've seen a lot of people say the film isn't scary. And like, I get it because what I'd say, there's very few scenes of actual violence in this movie. It's like, I'd say there's only one specifically violent scene. But there's more stuff scary than violence. That's yeah, you know? exactly. like, yeah. Violence doesn't scare me because you just fucking karate it and you're fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I, I think this digs up skeletons in your closet or it just brings back harmful yeah. thoughts. Like, It Follows a, has very few, like, actual violence that yeah. you see on screen. But it's I would just say more the concept. this is even more extreme than that because the mm. threat of violence is also never really a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's, it's just... This is all people complying, and it's horrible. Yeah, and like, there's no, there's no, it, it's just people being people to each other. There's no demon. It's just people. Yeah. There's no serial killer. There's no monster. There's no ghost. It's just, it just fucking is what it is. Can we do spoilers next episode after I watch it? Yeah, I don't see sure. that. Yeah. Yay. Cool. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, there, 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 there is a lot to this movie. Yeah, we got some stuff to talk about. It's a puzzle box. It's a puzzle box. Strategy talk.
Brian. Yes. Tell us about One Piece World Seeker. Uh, One Piece World Seeker is a 2019 game where you play as Monkey D. Luffy from the manga series One Piece. And I guess it's like Just Cause or Infamous where you're on an island and you have superpowers and it's uh, a sandbox open world game, but with One Piece. It's fine. I've played six hours of it. I'm going to play one more hour and if I'm still lukewarm on it, I'm just going to return it. Yeah. Or just get my money back because like it's it's merchandising gaming uh there are good one piece games out there and we'll get to them later but uh this game is mad i wouldn't defend this okay and this is a new game for ps4 yeah it's a new game for ps4 and like okay it looks lovely and it's really it's, it's really weird because like this game exists in like a a, a, a like double a budget game mm. where like it's a studio called ganbarian who do um, a lot of anime games. Like, they did the Jump Ultimate Star games, which is, like, I guess the the, the Shonen Jump Super Smash Brothers games for the DS back in the day. And, like, it's them looking at, like, Breath of the Wild and Phantom Pain and going, okay, let's, like, copy that kind of gameplay style, but on, like, a way smaller budget. And it looks lovely. Is, well, is there, like, fun ways to get around the world as Luffy? Yeah, like you, you, you uh, can just like d- double tap jump and he goes into like helicopter mode and he can cover a bit of distance. It's a bit like Spider-Man as well because you can like grab onto far along buildings and then like like repel yourself forward that way. Right, yeah, yeah. Like slingshot your, your way along. It's just very repetitive. A lot of it is just you see glowing items on the map. You walk over to it and you're like, oh, I picked up a carrot. And then you'll talk to an NPC and he's like, Oh, uh, your friend Zara was here, but you just missed him. Um, I'll tell you where he went if you give me two carrots. Mm. It's that kind of game. Right. It's just padding. Yeah. It's, I, I don't have time for these games anymore. Sure. Yeah, I feel that for sure. Yeah. But it does, does, does not sound like a recommend. No, but there's uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Can you tell us about the sinking city? Have you already talked about this? No. We've already talked about Yeah, we've yeah, okay. spoken about this. It never happened. Um, this is the first time we're talking about this. Yeah. This Can't is... Can't shatter the illusion. Yeah, because I'm here now. <laughs> we never talk outside of this podcast. Never. <laughs> we, do not, we do not like each other. Um, this is strictly professional. The Sinking City is an action-adventure mystery game based off loosely, but also not that loose, off the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, you are a detective called detective reed and you are making your way to a small town that has been flooded consistently uh completely taken over by water and the reason you're going is because you've been having visions this kind of unknowing being in your mind calling you forth and reed isn't the only person who's been getting these visions everyone across america has been getting these visions visions so there's a whole swat of like newcomers and outsiders to the town the townspeople they're a little they're a bit indifferent to it reed is like i'm here to investigate the visions and the town people are like oh yeah yeah that happens all the time uh, we're more concerned with our town being underwater um which leads to like interesting ways for you navigating the world you go by foot or you go by a little boat and you have a little dinghy boat and some parts of the map are completely flooded 
So you'll have to hop in a boat and go and navigate the world through that. So you'll be able to get inside these kind of flooded buildings and explore kind of just from a different point of view, which is really interesting. I've never gone through a city in that way. It's kind of like like Venice a la flooded America. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, the Frogsware is the studio that does it, and they've made the Sherlock games. So there's a very strong focus on um, detective work and exploration through that. So when you're given... You're given a piece of information for your notebook and you have to manually put down a waypoint. Selecting something doesn't put a waypoint on the map. You read your information, it'll give you an address. It will be on the corner of this street on this street in north section of the map. You go there, everything's like labeled, and then you can drop down your pinpoint and make your way there. So there's a bit of like do your own work to it and some people will not like that. I, I really like it because it's it's never obtuse like there's never yeah. like they will tell you the two intersecting roads and those roads are labeled and you will get there um what makes it interesting is like there's a little bit of combat in it, in it they're shooting uh but it's mostly about this exploration but what makes it interesting is this town is so in the in the maw of mental illness there's people sitting on the corner rocking back and forth in a car there's these like horrible little rat naked rat cat swamp monsters that are running around and people are kind of seeing them kind of not there's like like they touch on race and there's a bit like at the start of it uh, at the start of the game where it's just like you know there these times were racist and and we have included that for accuracy's sake um i don't know i'm not finished it i'm only at the start of it so i don't know to what effect that actually takes but uh there's like in the town itself there's like there's there's humans, there's uh, the Trogmortons, which are kind of like these um, cavemen kind of guys, and then there's these like fish people who are part of a fish cult, and depending on what you do and the decisions you make, you can kind of incite tensions between them. So for example, the first mission I had was to solve a murder. I followed all my clues, and I found it was one of the fish guys who did it. However, he told me he was driven mad by the visions because he was part of a trawler that went out over the sea where this kind of break in the earth has happened and maybe where everything is coming from. I could exonerate him and say it was a lapse in madness or I could take his money and sell him out like to the kind of leader of the town. Your money is bullets and your bullets is how you fight things bullet economy so it's bullet yeah, economy america i needed to shoot shit so i just handed him in because i wanted to gain favor with this guy since then tensions have been really riled up between those two factions that's what you get yeah and now there's like random fish people shooting me sometimes there's also just cult members walking around the town there's just a lot of texture to this it kind of feels like weirdly enough like deadly premonition Oh. <laughs> like, there's such an oddness to it. There's, like, there's some things that make me a bit disappointed. Like, you can't talk to NPCs. You see them walking around the world and they'll kind of... It's kind of glitchy. Like, this is like a double-A game as well. Like, they'll kind of populate in as you're walking. They'll just kind of fall from the... They're, you know, they'll really, just, like, pop in. They're really fun to play because you're yeah. kind of like, oh, well, like, they did this bit right, so that's cool. And then 
I can I can let a lot go if yeah. like the core of what it is is cool. Yeah, like I haven't it's like charming. it's it's interesting. Like it's it's like I haven't played anything like it this year. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's it's fun to do the investigative stuff. The combat feels good enough to get you through. And again, within the first five hours, I had like sold someone out. I'd done investigated work. I'd gone on my little dinghy boat. I had gone in a tra- like a trawler into the sea and gone into a diving suit and went underground and found really? a yeah and felt a found a cult under there who were like uh, praying to a Cthulhu type monster. There's so much happened in the space of like five hours of playing. And would this be like a kind of game you could stream or? Ah, uh, there's a lot of. You'd have to be really willing to read out the facts. There's a lot of reading. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of deduction. But also, you you can make... You can make... You have all your evidence and you can make more than one deduction. Things don't always point in a, a thing. You can decide where the evidence points to kind yeah. of help yourself, which is good and bad. Um, it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It has its problems. I had a few hard crashes to... You playing on PS4? Yeah, on PS4. I had some hard crashes that just brought me to the PS4 home screen. Um, in the little area, you get in your dinghy to traverse the waterlogged areas of the city. I got caught on debris a lot of times, which isn't great. And I had to reload a save to just get my boat unstuck, uh, which isn't great in a game that has boat travel. But then also I got a mission where there was like a note left that I had to go and explore an asylum and going there you kind of start like the game really wants to get across the idea that everyone's going mad so it'll start distorting the footage of the game itself so it'll be like the screen is liquefied so your head will get really small and the walls will get really big and yeah. monsters will come towards you and suddenly they're really big and that'll kind of throw off your shot as well and like you know what like is this like first person third person third person and like you have a madness meter as well so if you kind of get too close to things you your your madness will tick down that you can take pills for um how's the how's like the shooting and stuff decent like you haven't played vampire any of those games like it's combat in those games where i don't mind it like like you could hate it but also, it's not the focus. There's enough. Well, like, of I hated it. the combat in Deadly Premonition. It didn't ruin the game. Exactly. Yeah. That's like there's so much more happening that it's kind of a means to an end. But yeah. I think they make it interesting enough. Like I went into a room and this Silent Hill esque blob of flesh crawled towards me while like spider, like naked spider things came running at me as well. Like it gets alarming. And then when you're trying to deal with that, they'll superimpose footage of a monster or a man walking towards you over the footage of that's happening already and the way they render that out lo- makes it look like live action footage oh, weird. so it's really weird and even the idle animation for reed like he'll hold his gun up to his head because he'll start hearing voices and he'll be looking over his shoulder at stuff happening around him like everyone's really going insane actively around you and what's reed the main character like i thought at the start he was really wooden like I didn't like the voice actor and I was kind of like okay they want to deal with race and they're making me play as a white guy and there is like there's a lot of um you know white supremacy iconography around like Nazi stuff there's literal real life photos of the KKK and stuff and I'm kind of like okay at some stage I'll get to kill the Nazis and that's like that's cool but it's also it's via this uh white guy so it's kind of like you know I think you could have done that a little better but uh Reed himself in general 
is so deadpan that I thought it was kind of boring. But then he's like, I haven't slept at all. Right. And he's got these like really droopy eyes and the sick looking face that it starts to become kind of like hilarious i guess intentionally hilarious where the kind of reactions he'll give back to people are so kind of deadpan and nearly sarcastic like he's kind of like i'm not having visions like you know like he's nearly clocked out of it at this stage as well as being heavily invested um i like i like him i got there with him um quicker than i expected to um there's one thing that i thought was just a note uh his his fashion choice I thought was strange. He looks like kind of a budget in- Indiana Jones in his kind of standard outfit. I changed it to a n- um, noir detective coat that you get unlocked, and the silhouette lo- looks so much better. Like the game looks nice when it does look nice. Like cool. there's all barnacles growing up the side of walls because yeah, they've yeah, been yeah. waterlogged and stuff. So him in his kind of noir coat against like that heavy contrast. Um, Neve, this seems yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, I think if you have the patience for investigative stuff like they'll be like go go to the hospital someone looked went to the hospital with an axe wound so you go through the like the documents in the hospital to find someone who how much is it i got it for 40 i think i'm okay with paying 40 for this i think it's like i think if any of that sounds interesting you like cthulhu you like uh, lovecraft you like weird off-kilter games there's definitely something here okay i'm intrigued Mm mm-hmm Sounds good. I hope more people play it. I asked on Twitter if I should play this or the 2018's Call of Cthulhu, and everyone went for the Sinking City. So there's something there to it. There's definitely something there. Cool. Sounds good. Brian. Yeah. I've been really curious about how you've been getting on with Super Mario Maker 2. I love it. I Yay. think it's fantastic. Wow, because you were kind of lukewarm on the first one, weren't you? Not interested in it at all. What happens? I don't want to make levels. Yeah. Which is Still. a shame because you have an audience now. I do have an audience. I don't want to make. I, that's not my job. Can I make a level on your copy of Mario Maker Two? Yeah, you can. I want to make World of Madness again. Yeah, you can. Um, I got it because I, I I got Mario Maker One on 3DS, which was the port re-release. Did you of only it. have it on 3DS? Yeah. Weird. And I got it on 3DS because they added a single player mode to it, and it was Nintendo's own staff making mario maker levels where they were just trying stuff out but like it's interesting to see them like break their own rules i guess so super mario maker 2 has that pushed even further so the story mode in this game which is just like the offline story mode is uh peach's castle gets destroyed and you have to raise money to rebuild the castle and you do it by playing mario maker levels and you get pretty standard levels, you get the automatic levels and all that, but you get levels where they have conditions to them. And the first one you kind of come across is it's a haunted house level. And the rule is the flagpole vanishes at the end of the level if you jump. So you have to get uh, through the whole level without jumping. That's really fun. But because it's a haunted house level, there's traps to get you to jump. Oh, the that's entire so way good. Through. And what counts as a jump and what doesn't count as a jump is really interesting because Mario has to keep at least one foot on the ground at all times. And if anything scoops you up and lifts you off the ground and drops you back down, that counts as a jump. Oh, that's Because Mario's feet are off the ground. This is already a lot more than Mario Maker 1, like what you're saying right now. Yeah, because 
I I remember Mario Maker One. There was a Mario level where Mario can't go left; he can only go right, mm. and so that kind of makes your brain think it a little differently. There, um, yeah, there's a bunch of levels like that. Then the online itself is fantastic. They have a really really good curation system because it's been out a week and a bit now. They have a popular like column. But every week they dump the old levels and bring in new levels. So you'll 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 play the top fifty popular levels and they're all fucking fantastic and you give them a thumbs up or whatever. And you can hard download them if you really, really like them. But next week they'll have a completely complete brand new batch of levels. And I think the second week of the levels has gotten like way, way more interesting. Like a guy figure figured out a level of golf, and you and you do nine nine like courses of golf with a shell to That's try so and get cool. it. And, and like so, it's like crazy golf, I guess. Um, there I don't know what else to say. It's just like no, I think that's fair, and I think like you know people know what Mario Maker is, but it's I'm just really interested that you're enjoying it so much. Like I yeah. think that's really cool. No, I, I really 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 love this game. Um, you and you'd never feel like just you'd never even try making a level no um I, i'd love to see what brian would make yeah i feel well, like, like it would be hellish um, i i, I it, it might change later on like I, I it's really cool to see what people are doing with the rules that they're given like you could just make a level yeah we can throw it up on this podcast see what happens um they've added like more vertical levels so a lot of the like original levels people are doing now are mario falls all the way down to the bottom and then has to get his way back up um, or you unlock an ability that allows you to ground pound or you get a twomp to break the level apart and stuff like that. It, it's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of Rube Goldberg kind of style levels as well like that. And it, it's just, I'm really, really impressed with it. Cool. And that, I'll play 10 minutes of it and two hours will go by. That sounds great. And when I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about it. So it's, I, I, I do love this game. Good stuff. Guys, I'm playing Samurai Showdown 2019. Is it the best fighting game? Uh, it's the only game you ever need to play? It's my favorite fighting game that's been out this year. You've played Mortal Kombat 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, with Mortal Kombat, though, I have always been more into the story of Mortal Kombat than the fighting itself. Um, my problem... I have weird credentials with fighting games sometimes. I like fighting games to be weapon fighters or not be weapon fighters. I don't like in-betweens. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that always really bothers me about Mortal Kombat. Just kind of breaks the fiction. <laughs> See, it kind of does. <laughs> and that's actually my problem with a lot of weapons fighters. I don't like it when weapons fighters don't feel deadly. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've said on this podcast a thousand times, but like, the, my problem with Soul Calibur is you're fucking like, uppercutting someone with a katana and then comboing them in the air and like taking off a third of their health. And it's like, this person should be chopped into pieces. Super like pedantic criticism, but I've just never been able to get by it, you know? What I love about Samurai Showdown is it really doesn't do that at all. If you hit someone with just a fierce attack, so like just a regular, a one button strong attack in Samurai Showdown, it will take off a third of their health. It's like, mistakes in this game are so costly and you're, like, your health power can deplete in seconds, you know? Which makes things really exciting because you can have these matches where, like, you're sticking with really kind of safe little jabs the whole match, your opponent's playing it super defensive, you're whittling down each other's health, and then, like, one big hit just changes everything. And it's so satisfying. Um, 
I have a f- I have a little bit of experience with Samurai Showdown. I've played some. I've I've played a lot, fair bit of Samurai Showdown two and four, and what I kind of forgot about is what a cool cast the Samurai Showdown characters are. Every one of them is like so interesting and exciting, and they're all these like they're all these like kind of just samurai archetypes. You know what I mean? Um, I love the six samurai. So yeah, one of the samurai, he's just he's a sick samurai. He's a really good swordsman, but like. His posture, he's all kind of crouched over and hunched up and every now and then he coughs blood into his hand and all this kind of stuff. And it's awesome. It's really, really cool. It doesn't look like the most expensive game ever made, but I like the art style. I think it was kind of cool. I think I saw a bit of John playing this and the models are all really nice, but they all have the same texture put over everything and it's kind of like this burlap sack texture. Yeah. So whether it's hair, skin, clothes anything it just has that texture and i don't know why they did it because it kind of cheapens it yeah it, it cheapens nice models like. it does yeah and like i i love the cartooniness of these models because you can tell they've really really looked at the old 2d sprites mm. and been like and like some some of the sprite work in samurai showdown some of the best sprite work it's fucking brilliant and you can tell they've really looked at those sprites and not like copied them or traced them but like focused on the aspects that make them cool you know, there's one guy in it and he has five katanas and he like he, they're all in sheets and so he's kind of just going barehanded but his hands are kind of near his katanas he's already ready to draw them and like there's a really nice tension to watching him fight and all the characters have something like that um i think the gameplay is super solid this is a really weighty slow fighting game though you will spend most of the time blocking there's barely combos at all like you might see a three or four hit combo but this is much more about reading your opponent's moves and you can do some really cool stuff like you can actually you can disarm your opponents you can take their weapon away and so like it's in like street fighter when vega loses his claw you can do that to everyone in the game and um, but the cool thing is that if you do that to someone they get access to a special move where they can catch your their your blade in their hands and like disarm you and so it leads to all these really fun little stories that can break out in a fight. Like maybe someone tracks you in the corner uh, like and takes away your weapon and you're just on the back foot the whole fight until you do the same to them and recover your weapon and everything's kind of flipped. And I love that kind of stuff because I love, I love when a fighting game has kind of worked its style enough that little stories can happen in fights. And, you know, I think all the best fighting games have mechanics that encourage stuff like that. And I've been having a great time with it. Um, what bums me out is I cannot find anyone online to play this game with. And I really, really want to play. Because um, there's only so good I can get against, especially in this game where it's all about reading your opponents. There's only so good I can get actually playing people. So what I will say, if there's anyone in the Discord who is playing it and would like a few games, I'd be pretty happy to jump in. Um, just give me a shout on the Discord. And we'll we'll maybe get a room going or something like that. But yeah, I like this game a lot. Like it's it's just a fucking cool game. It, there's something about it that reminds me of Dreamcast games. I don't know what, but I'm having a great time with it. Last boss is super cool. It's a demon princess thing, and she's awesome. And I just think it's class. And if if you like fighting games, you probably already own this. But if you're kind of on the fence about it, it totally gets a thumbs up from me. Neve. Yeah. Why don't you once again? Tell us about Destiny 2. I'm back playing Destiny 2. Neve. 
there's an expansion coming up. It's like, what is it called? I can't remember. Can I guess what it's called? Yeah, go on. Uh, this th- this one is called Crimson Snake War. Iron Butt. Iron Butt. Iron Butt. Is it Iron Butt? I No, it's not Iron Butt. It might be. <laughs> um, so I'm playing Destiny 2. I didn't get to finish the Forsaken stuff, so I was like, I will go and finish the Forsaken storyline. And that that was the last expansion. Uh, this is where Cade 6, six dies, tragically. <sighs> Um, and no. we're all very invested in Cade 6. Um, what was nuts about this is the story was really fun. And I love that my guardian got to speak. Because your guardian never speaks. The like the ghost speaks for them. So my guardian opened her robot mount and a robot voice came out. And I was just like, oh shit, she's like literally never done that. Or if she has, it's so rare that I've never seen it. Um, it was really... That must have been weird after all the time you spent with that Guardian. Yeah, it's so, it was actually exciting. I was just like, oh my god, my girl, she, she, she has a voice. And I was just like, why the fuck have they the stupid Guardian speaking for them all the time? It really kind of put that into contrast. Um, a lot of the boss fights in Forsaken are so good. There's like, it's just really... Um, just intense flow with those missions you were running through them the new enemies were great they had fire damage it was just this guys who looked like they're wearing leather SM gear swinging like flaming lanterns and like whacking you with fire it was just cool like i really really loved it and when you finish the campaign of forsaken you go to the dreaming city um one of the most beautiful locations in the entire game i'm so glad i got there and I'm excited for the next expansion that's coming in September. And I can't remember its name. I keep thinking Shadowbringers in my head because that's the Final Fantasy fourteen one. I'm going to call it Shadow Moon. But I don't think that's the name. <laughs> strike Sky. Yeah, Strike, strike Shadow Sky. Um, I'm having a good time with it. And it was it was nice to play again. And that campaign was really fun. Okay. Awesome. Guys, what's we move into some quick time events? Way forward announces Shantae Five and River City Girls. Yeah, this was at uh, at, at the con you're at. I yeah, I, I kept trying to watch it, but the con Wi-Fi was bad, and then I didn't. Uh, the but Shantae opening is done by Trigger. I saw that, and it's fucking rad. Wow! And I was like, cool, Shantae's still going now. Did you did you see the little clue to another game in it? No. There's a bit where she wakes up in bed and she's looking out the window, but the window has a slight tilt to it and it looks like the Smash logo. Like it really looks like the Smash logo. Are they logo. gonna put Shantae in Smash? I hope so. She's Sha- a, she'd yeah, be a character she'd be, totally fucking going to rules. Yeah. I'd love Shantae. I, I'd be super down for an indie character like the, Shantae. The three what's the what's the Shantae game we both played? Um, I don't know. I can't Pirate's Curse. Pirate's Curse. Pirate's Curse is such a good platformer. I think Pirate's Curse was the last pixel one because now it's using vector art. The vector mm. one's good, but Pirate's Curse was just... I just thought that was a special yeah, game. It's re- I, I, Shantae's cool. Shantae's rad. Did, did you see uh, the other game then? No, I kept meaning to look it up, but I forgot. It's... it's So so this uses pixel art. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's out in August. And it looks fucking awesome. Okay. It's is a it, pair it, of tag teaming girls who are fighting their way through a city. Yeah. And, Sold. And mm-hmm. you're fighting cheerleaders, fighting bullies. Um, it just looks cool. 
okay. it, looks, it looks fun to play. I'm excited. One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 announced. Yeah, uh, that One Piece World Seeker game isn't very good, and it's fine because this game is coming out, and I love the One Piece Warrior games. I ended up at a special One Piece guest lounge in uh, yeah. NAX. And? It's, it's one of those things. It's fine. Okay. I, I love the One Piece Warrior games. You get to play as like every character from One Piece, and that's really, really fun. Cool. It's cool to see everyone do their moves and oh this yeah no this is the the, the Muso games. yeah yeah I, that game is so surprisingly good yeah the music is awesome and you know how usually with a, with a licensed game they're kind of shitty yeah this doesn't feel like that like this feels like Dragon Ball Fighter Z where it's just it, it like gets you excited about the property yeah yeah I remember, I remember you showed us here before and it was like this is actually cool and like thought has gone into this yeah um so I'm really looking forward to this game Cuphead is getting a show on Netflix. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, Don't think it needs it. <laughs> no? <laughs> Not really. I'm sure it'll be good. I just, I want to see like... some rubber hose animation. I just, yeah. I love watching it. I think the key drawing they've released is nearly like, it's nearly too modern rubber hosey for me. Like, I think it looks like the modern Mickey the Mouse cartoon. Is this going to be hand Mickey drawn? the Mouse? Is that his Sega <laughs> character? Oh, fuck, I just... Uh, jet lag, jet lag! Mickey the Mouse. Mickey the Mouse. <laughs> Let's fight the boss. Is this going to be hand drawn? Uh, like, no. That would kill people. Yeah. I'd, say, I'd say it'll be done in... What's that digital hand drawn software? That Toon is, Boom? No, well, you, you uh, can do it in Toon Boom, but there's another one and... Sean is yelling at me because he knows what it is. Cause... Like TV paint? Yeah, TV paint. That's it. TV paint's awesome. Um, I hope it's good. I, I, They're saying that it's not for kids. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I hope there's swearing. I hope there's like, you know. Neve, what swear word do you want to appear in Cuphead? P. <laughs> okay, good stuff. <laughs> Alan Wake developer Remedy Entertainment regains publishing rights. That's all it is, is Remedy gets Alan Wake back. It was a Microsoft uh, Xbox exclusive back in 2010. Same with the expansion kind of um, American Nightmare. I like both of those games. I hope we get a HT re-release. That would be awesome. And maybe Alan Wake 2 can be a thing now. That'd be great. Neve, why don't you tell us about the Damon X Machina feedback trailer? So the Damon X Machina demo that came out was kind of the plan was to get feedback from players and kind of implement it. And that seemed like a lofty goal. And they did it. People had a lot of um, little just quality of life stuff. So I'm, I filled out that form myself. Yeah, same. Um, and this feedback trailer just goes through a whole host of things they changed. Like 20? Like just a lot. Like from targeting to um, just quality of life implements that make things easier uh to my biggest bugbear which was the out of bounds thing that kind of bounced you back and i was stuck on geometry and stuff they've changed all of that and i'm really excited because for a while this game kind of dropped off the preview um pre-order stuff and there was no really solid solid date but they've kind of implemented everything and that game was already fun for me so i can't wait to play it with all this it's kind of interesting it's like you're starting to see fan feedback yeah because like like with bloodstained as well yeah exactly it's like igarashi's whipping away the bad comments 
it's like it's an interesting way of doing it and they really they did they did it yep you know Fair play. it's good to be to it's good to be nice to, to the consumer yeah. and i think it's cool like as long as it's like hey tell us what you want to improve as opposed to like hey help us better taste this yeah it wasn't any creative decisions it was just like what would make this easier to play and it's just like clearer lock on like to know that i'm more locked on yeah just the stuff like that quality of life stuff uh, Nintendo revealed some new sword and shield gym leaders. That's because they're trying to deflect from other stuff. What other stuff? That the game isn't being well received by hardcore fans. It isn't, no. Did you guys see these new characters? Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they look cool. I like the ghost gym leader. The shy guy mask. I mean, yeah, he's pretty cool. Who do you like, John? I like uh, the, the, the fighting girl gym leader. Oh yeah. Yep. Do you want her to, uh, you know, Brian? Please, no. Can I? Can I Brian. finish my sentence? Okay. Beat the shit out of you. God damn it! I... <sighs> um, they another secretary girl is there as well. Do you want her to beat the shit out of you? Yes. <laughs> um. So they are kind of. Like shooing away the problem with waifus, and that's 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 one way of handling I'm, it. I, I'm I on board. There's fucking like three like quality waifus. We get one or two decent husbandus in there. We're fucking rolling. No one will remember this shit with the decks. No. Neve, what's your what's your hot Pokemon take? I I don't which care. Of the, which which of the original cast of Pokemon do you want to beat the shit out of you? Um, Misty probably. Neve, she's like thirteen. I. Beat the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, you're not finding a minor. <laughs> I'm just... gonna just let her slap me. <laughs> like, what's she gonna do? Kick you in the shins? I would go down so easy. <laughs> oh, I'm dear. afraid of children. <laughs> <laughs> but I could oh. probably survive a punch from a child more than like a grown ass secretary. <laughs> um. Epic Games will fund the cost of Kickstarter refunds for store exclusives. Alright. Okay. So, like, why do people hate Epic Games so much and then love Steam so much? Like, what's, <sighs> like... Because, like, I tried to Google this. Why do people hate Epic Games? Because, like, I don't care about PC gaming. Uh, like, anything we say here will get a million me emails and a million comments that will be like, actually, it's Chinese spyware and you're wrong. So, <laughs> it is! Okay, okay, so... It's, like, Steam it, has a monopoly it, 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 and... It's about DRM yeah. stuff, is it? Can I... I can give you my take on why I don't like what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that is because I feel like they've found a way to be competitive that is, like not benefiting the consumer at all like i feel like they should be trying to provide a better service to the consumer and like putting their resources into that as opposed to trying to make the other service worse i don't think they make steam actively worse they literally take games off it exclusives have happened in the console realm for so and they long they suck there as well i don't what but it means like more money can go into games as well i don't know it's like another installer i don't know why people are so angry about it it's annoying i guess but i'm also like people are just so mad about i think Epic. we'd probably we'd probably be like a little more pissed if we played more stuff on pc probably but I also like Steam is such a huge monopoly and there is no way to challenge a monopoly that big without throwing around money like a dickhead. I just love to see like, you know, that like competition 
awesome part about it is it benefits the consumer. Maybe this is coming down the line. This just isn't, and it's just it just it's business wankery. But you know there'll be like some better third party like thing that will just funnel all your games from all the launchers into one thing. Sure. Yeah, but so so Shenmue Tree the Kickstarter of that. If, if, so many if, fucking if comments on backed... this. Mm-hmm. This 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 news came out the day before I released that video. Okay. So if you back Shenmue, you could pick a Steam key as one of the ways to get it. And I... this is the sh- this is pretty shitty. I don't think Kickstarter games should do this stuff at all. Um, but Epic bought the exclusive, so it was a year exclusive. And originally they were like, you can get a PS4 key or an Epic key if you want. And then people were like, well, I funded this for the Steam key. But then that's also looking at Kickstarter as a pre-order service and not actually a way to kickstart things. You know what I mean? Like there's a bit of a... yeah. And so there was, they wouldn't be refunding, but now they are refunding. Yeah. Okay, well then, that's fine then. I I just don't like it. Like, it just, it leaves a bad taste yeah, in my no, mouth. Yeah, like, it, it's very annoying that, like, it is, it is. It, it, it has just, to be it just an feels, inconvenience and like be a frustration. It just feels like one big, giant, shitty company and another. And it's like, neither yeah. of them seem like great alternatives, you know? Yeah. Well, the one positive, I guess, from Epic is it's more curated, where Steam is just, like... Steam is any old shite now. Any old, any old garbage. True, but like that's I feel like that's more a stage in where each service is at in their life cycle mm-hmm. as opposed to like Epic like have Epic put down actual curation. But it also means Steam isn't doing anything to curtail the buttload of crap that's on their and they service. Should be. They absolutely mm-hmm. should be. Okay, uh, I just want to give a special shout out to all the PC gamers out there. Um we hear you. Yeah, I know you hated this conversation and it is Chinese spyware. Um, <laughs> what I like is we're that finished you're not now. antagonizing them at all. Yeah, like, no, please leave your comments on YouTube. I, I'll read them. Yeah. <laughs> Type us something on your PC. <laughs> oh. If you're using a PC, get a let PlayStation, us know. you idiots. <laughs> or you could get a Nintendo Switch Lite. Ugh. Nintendo announced Nintendo, like, the Switch Lite. That was seamless. Just yeah. seamless. Told you. <laughs> podcast right PC here. gamers aren't allowed switches. No. So the switches are for I'm hot going bitches. To... <laughs> Sorry, Nick, could you repeat that? Switches are for hot bitches and no one who plays PC games are a hot bitch. <laughs> this actually uh this tracks. No, no, this this is a joke my girlfriend Rebecca made her in the wrong where she uh, I came home and she was like did you did you see the new Nintendo Switch and I was like yeah, it's much smaller. And she was like, yeah, the Nintendo bitch. <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> it was like she was here. <laughs> um, are either of you going to buy this? Nah. Um, no, I play my Switch docked. Uh, so this is the details of this is, this is, it's, I think it's super cute looking. It's, yeah. I love the colors. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, yellow, it's, turquoise, and The like yellow is like the main unit. That's fucking mm. old. And, yeah, it, it's got a good price point and two hundred dollars. That's re. That is aggressively good. Fair yeah, play to them. Because like it, because 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 it's missing the dock and the HDMI yeah. cable and detachable so, Joy-Con. I, I bet Michelle's gonna buy one of these. It has a yeah. new D-pad. It's not dockable. No Labo support. No detachable Joy Cons. No HD Rumble. So it's basically if you want to use your Switch primarily, like it is the handheld version. So if you have a Switch and you use it just as a handheld, this is probably 
the one you want. It's like a big Vita. Yeah, yeah, it's a big Vita. But see, like, I would get this, I but I use my Switch 90% of the time in handheld. But I do like to play it on the television. And I like having that option. I bet you'll own one of these eventually, Brian. Of course I will. I own... I'm a piece of shit. What's the Game Boy count at? Eight. What's your recent in- purchase that you put up on Instagram? Oh, I... Do you know, I can't even remember. And... A Virtual Boy replacement screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't even Sometimes remember. you gotta go on eBay and buy stupid shit. Yeah, she, she, she's bad too. She likes a uh, special <laughs> little lady. Yeah. Uh, today, a call card from the Netherlands arrived with Tomb Raider Tree on the front of it and Ninja from Core Games. I bought it from a call card collector and they are really prickly. <laughs> they are not fun to buy from. Neve, how much have you like documented your Lara Croft collection? Uh, not as much as I probably should. Is it getting to the point where you sh- like have a significant, significant amount? Uh, no, I have a lot of weird shit though. Like I'm trying to keep it freaky, like a call card. Okay, so you're not going for everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I could. But like Tomb Raider collectibles are really cheap and easy to find because they turn that shit out in bulk. Sure um, is. so I want I want to get the weirder shit. Like I got a brochure for a Lara Croft <laughs> clothes line they did. And this is just when the copyright symbol was easy to do on computers. You go into symbols in Microsoft. So it's just Lara and then this copyright symbol for the C is Croft. So it's just the copyright symbol printed on big horrible black and white t-shirts. And they're like, it's her fashion line. (laughs) It's a really funny brochure. Nice. All the photos are blurry. So, which is a great way to sell clothes. So the Nintendo Switch Lite. <laughs> Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, I, I I think this is a good option for people who are on the fence about it, and comes out on twenty hundred dollars. And like mm. it, it comes out on the on 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 the twentieth of September, which is same day Link's Awakening comes out, and then the week after is Dragon Quest. Uh, 14? Well, you're practically losing money if you don't buy it. There's yeah. a Pokemon Sword and Shield special edition as well. Yeah, and it looks it's a really nice. Really nice light gray with like red and blue buttons. Yeah, it's cute. It's a cute one. It's a cool. shit game though. But, you know. Hey, we don't know that yet. Yeah, it could and be. And all I'm saying is just, I, I just be, feel kind of the... turned around on that game. You know, I've been very negative about it, but I kind of looked deep inside myself and it was like, you know what? I'm going to be more a positive person from now on. And so I'm looking forward to it again. I am brave enough to feel good about this game. Sure. Emails. We have an email address? Yeah, we. you, you can like send us emails. No way. You can. No, I swear to God you can. How? Um... Do you have do you have the internet? Uh, I do, I do. Okay, okay. Do you have an email account? That's electronic mail. I do. Okay, so you type a electric message into your email accounts, and then you send it to askletsfightaboss at gmail.com. What's that, Neve? Askletsfightaboss at gmail.com. Brian, don't want to get pissy here. If you send it to let'sfightaboss at gmail.com, we will not fucking get it. That right? Is, that is someone else, you fucking faker. Fake fuck. I thought, if I ever meet the person who owns let'sfightaboss at gmail.com, I swear to God, someone's going to bleed. <laughs> Why don't we take our first email? All right, this one is from Noah. 
Uh, hi, my two queens, and uh, what are your opinions? Wait, no, what, what did he say? I can't read that. I don't know what. Uh, my, am I say on? it. Eternal Dark Prince. <laughs> what are your opinions on Let's Plays versus playing the game yourself? Do you think it's possible to have an equally good experience with a Let's Play, or will experiencing it yourself always be more special? Are there any Let's Plays you really enjoyed? I think specifically, did Noah mention Nier in this? Yeah. So this is like about which, original Nier. Which is a 70 to 100 euro game. What? No, it's not. I have two... Gestalt? Yeah. That's really like it's. It yeah. depends. I think it's more expensive on PS3. If you get it for Xbox 360, it's like tenner. But, I think they yeah. printed a lot on the 360. Yeah. That didn't sell. Um, I think this completely depends on the game. Like uh, also the let's play. Yeah, but like there's like some games where I think part of the journey is experiencing it for yourself. Like even if I had my most favorite let's player in the world playing near, like um Automata, I don't know. I don't know if it would have meant as much to me if I didn't experience it. Mm. So I think if it's something that you really think you'll get a lot out experiencing for first hand, you should try to play it yourself. That being said, you can get so much out of a let's play. It's just a different experience because it's, it's totally a different, different medium. Yeah. Like you know, I find I don't like to watch. I don't don't watch like to watch let's plays of games I played. I generally like like stuff I've never heard of. I love I love watching weird let's plays. You know? Yeah, I, I I like the ones where. Someone has a PC that can play weird, shitty games that would give you a virus. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of part of the risk. Yeah. And they're just, they're it's a haunted game. Yeah. I really like long form narrative ones. Like I really like Red Dead Redemption, watching people play that. Um, and just at, like even the Dragon Age games or Mass Effect. Like I like seeing people's choices and seeing how different those games are when they're not played by me. What would you... Would you guys have like a particular favorite let's play like of one game by anyone? Um, there's a few I've enjoyed recently. I really loved Abby Russell's on Giant Bomb's playthrough of Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. Like she's just a very funny person, and then to have that game bring the scares at the right moments and bring that tension, and she'd never played a Resident Evil game. Like it was, it was very compelling stuff. Yeah, and she was just kind of super good at it <laughs> which was uh really fun to see uh for me it's probably vine sauce's sonic dream collection oh yeah because yeah. it starts with him going okay i woke up this morning and everyone's been emailing me oh my god you have to play this game so here we go and it's just him going okay i get it i need it to stop uh <laughs> Vine Sauce is a really good one as well, where he goes into an old abandoned RPG or MMORPG, like really old one, where it, like it basically looks like an N64 game, and it's a bunch of weirdos still there. And is this one where he's trolling them? Um, I can't remember. This is from a while ago, but eventually, like it gets really weird, and they're showing him all these weird rituals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually, someone comes up to him and is like, "Hello, Vinny." And he just turns off the game. He's like, fuck this, fuck this. Um, that's really good. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Giant Beast Cast have a Let's Play of Shenmue 1 that I really love. Uh, it's Vinny, Dan, and Alex. And it's just it's just quality stuff. Um, and I also really used to love the Best Friend Salty Bet Nights. They were 
they were really good you know what when i was playing bloodborne um i would watch the super best friends their uploads of bloodborne oh really just because I had such a tough time decoding that game at the beginning. Yeah. And then when I fought a boss, but I wanted to see it again, I just wanted to see someone that was kind of familiar to me go through what I went through. Yeah. Just just, just to share an experience. Yeah. Because I didn't know anyone to talk to about that game. Yeah. I think um, it's going to be, it's going to, it's really depend. Like watching a Let's Play is such a different experience than playing a game. I mean, it's... I don't think either's really like fundamentally worse than the other mm-hmm. and i think like a lot of people now they become fans fans of games and like they get really invested in like the universes of games through let's plays oh totally and yeah. i think some people really have a problem with that and i don't know why My, i don't yeah. know why i don't know why would. you make that argument without coming back to like gamer cred it just makes like games way more accessible for people who don't even like games are expensive yeah. you know and there's like we met so many fake gamer boys at AX. Really? So Rebecca was cosplaying 2B and she looked fucking amazing. Like she looked mm. class. And there were ev- like there was this day where like a bunch of guys wanted to take photos with her and she'd be like, Yeah, glory to mankind. And they'd be like, What? I see. They they, they just knew 2B from the fan art. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did this person own Tesla? just saying Uh, no like um, my brother loves Undertale he's never played it Rebecca loves Phantom Pain she's never played it but like you do experience those games Mm, without touching the controller and like yeah I think there's some games where I would be like oh you should totally play that you know like um, I think the experience of playing like a Silent Hill 2 I think Mm. it's it's a very different feeling when you find out what's happening in that game when you've been controlling this character. Um, I think the feeling of like getting lost in like a Yakuza, you're probably not going to get that from a Let's Play. But then, like you know, you're not going to get if it's a, if it's a, they're a very skilled Let's Player, they're going to make it entertaining in their own right, and that's a different thing. And it also depends on the Let's Player. Like some people will talk about themselves, other people will talk about the game lore. Some people will do fresh runs. Some people will do, you know, they play this game a million times and they can do it without thinking. You yeah. know, you really have to find someone who's your speed. Like, I don't understand a Let's Player who doesn't read out all the lore because I want to know the lore and that's why I'm here. Um, but a lot of people don't. So you just kind of have to find the person who matches your interest in yeah. Let's Plays as well, which can be super hard to find. <laughs> Um, I recently did like my first proper let's play like all the way through with um, Wooly Versus and that was a really weird experience because it started to form this weird meta narrative halfway through the let's play how long did that take did you do it all in one sitting no we did it in two sittings okay uh, first session was about two hours second session about four hours and we got fucking so salty and it was kind of amazing like that game really it really broke us, and I think the results were very entertaining. It was good. Brian, why don't we, we take another email? Sure thing. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Noah. Okay, this one is from Liam, and these are all quick-fire questions. Okay. We gotta be fucking quick. Okay, no fucking, no fucking hesitation. Okay. Um, here we go. What would you name your pirate ship? Stinky Beef. Um... <laughs> The... Brian, what's yours? Mud Slapper. 
Big Brian's big boat. Okay, um, let's go for Tyrannosaurus Crossbones. Okay, that's really good. Uh, who in video game slash anime would be your exact equal in fighting? Oh. Who in video games are anime? So who, yeah, would would like be your kind of physical ability? Yeah. Who do you want to fight and have like a good sparring match, I guess, equally again, you know? So like, not any fighting game character. You don't want someone to kick the no, shit no, out of no, you, no, John. You no, want, no, no. You, no, I'm, I know, I'm not going for that. <laughs> Just someone you could probably beat up. But they could probably beat you up, like a good even yeah, fight. it's 50-50. Hmm. It's really hard when you're put in the spot. Yeah, like Daxter. But that's because he's a small animal. <laughs> that's a good answer. Right? <laughs> okay, needs Dexter, Brian. Uh, uh, Vivian from Paper Mario: Thousand Year Door. Okay. Um, John's just stronger than every character. John is jet lag brain to the max. And <laughs> it's really hard. He can only. He's, he's could you wrong. could you beat Nathan Drake? I think I could beat up Nathan Drake. Okay, there you go. Uh, could you beat up? Dante. <laughs> no. Okay, V. Okay. Would you fight V? If he didn't have his animals, I could kick the shit out of V. He has his animals. Okay, well, I couldn't then. Wait, you can have Mont. Mont is a fucking tiny coward. That's my dog. He's absolutely useless. He's pretty... Yeah, he, he, he is a weenie. Um... What about Lara Croft? I feel like that would be even. No! <laughs> she has the guns. You've seen well, how if, she if fights. If she didn't have guns. Okay, but like, I mean... She... I think she'd probably still win, but I think it'd be even enough. She Okay, yeah, fine. You can fight Lara. <laughs> she can set you on fire. Oh, perfect. And John, she will kick the shit out of you a little bit, so don't worry. Okay, let's just move on. This is meant to be quick fire. Who are your top three Dangarampa characters? Oh. Neve hit it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <of> your... <laughs> Shelly, <laughs> Nancy, Dale Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, the tennis guy, Chiaki, and... Uh, Junko. Yeah, Junko, sure. Junko's fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite fond of Junko as well. I'd put her at the top. And... I just call them by what they're like special ability is yeah well, i can't really remember their names because they're yeah no me neither i, I always I'm, forget their names i have trouble with japanese names because they're full japanese names like they're um i like the assassin girl from three yeah she's great and i like the strong girl from two yeah you do okay uh if you three were in a killing game how would you each act uh, I'd find Brian and Neve as quickly as possible. A, before they could get their hands on their weapons. B, before they could form a plan. And C, before they could kind of meet up with each other. I'd murder them both with my bare hands and I would win because that's the only way I'm winning because otherwise they'd form a plan and they'd kill me. How about you, Neve? Well, we have formed the plan. Yeah, we have. Uh, Brian will be the soft and supple bait. <laughs> yep. John will obviously come to kill Brian pretty instantly. Oh no, like whoever I see first. Like no You'll see no Brian. <laughs> I'm Brian's I've put him in a spotlight. He's supple. You're gonna go for him. <laughs> like a bear to meet. Um Just some grade A rump. <laughs> yeah. I will be there in the darkness. <laughs> uh, with a bottle. <laughs> with a bottle and a brick. How many times do you think you've told me that if we had a fight you'd 
use a bottle on me. Bottle him. <laughs> like every time, because it always comes up when we're drinking, and I have a bottle. <laughs> I have a wine glass. And so, like sometimes it'll be out of the blue. We would just be like, "I bottle you, Jonathan." I was like, "All right." Well, I just want everyone to know that that could happen. Uh, the way I would act is the clothes are gone. I'm wearing blood from now on. And the clothes are made of blood. I'm just. I smile, you see my teeth. Primal Brian. Yeah, I, 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 it doesn't matter anymore. Love some Primal Brian fan art. Yeah. Podcast time. That's what I say. Next question. Um, if you three were in some form of assassination team, think the, the, the assassins in Kill Bill. Okay. What would your fighting style be? Barefisted murder. Uh, I choke you with Game Boy cartridges. Like a motorbike. A motor, your fighting style is motorbike. I can't drive it so well. <laughs> That's you crash it into people. Yeah. So every time I park it, I just hit my opponent. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what would your persona be? Oh, like we have to pick like a mythical figure for this. Yeah. Well, we're Irish, so let's go with... Kukaloon. Kukaloon, awesome, yeah. It's fucking Kukulin. <laughs> I want a fucking giant swan coming out of... Uh, oh, yeah. I want that shit. Okay, you're going to Children of Lyra. Lyra, yeah. Like, I'm Neve from Tiernanog anyway, so just put me on my magic horse, and I'll have men fight for me. And... <laughs> Actually, no, I take it back. I want a pirate because you're also allowed to do pirates and I want Anne Bonnie. Okay. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Cool. It, Can I just have like, like a ghost version of me? You, you could have like some sort of puka. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you can have puka. Okay, I'm going to go for a banshee. There we go. Yeah. Banshees are cool. Yeah, yeah. banshee's yeah. awesome. Okay. Um, What would your fursona be? God damn it. Fucking wolf with my patch. Uh, guinea pig with a big smile. I want it to be just Anubis, like some furries are just like, my fursona is the god Anubis, <laughs> and I'm ripped and sexy, uh, but it's probably like a border collie. Yeah. But also sexy Anubis. What's the most overrated piece of media you've ever experienced? Baby Driver. Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. I... I don't get that phone. I got this question at the panel, and I'm always like... It's so hard to like overrated to me is such a weird concept. Yeah, like even you just there, say Stranger Things. Yeah, like what? Like even like two thousand and one is like such a classic, and then yeah, Baby Driver is. like was hyped at the time, but I don't think anyone gives a shit. So like, in light of yeah, weird, like, yeah. But to me, I feel like, and, and I guess this is just because I view things like from such a like subjective point of view with a lot of this <laughs> shit. But it's like to me, it's like for something to be overrated, someone have to would have to be lying about how much they enjoyed something. Does that make sense? Well, there's like cultural, like, you know, hype and stuff. Like, like you know, people latch onto things. There's loads of fluff articles written about it. Like, you know, money goes into marketing and shit and hype culture. That isn't all just fake, you know? Are, are, are there any Disney movies where you're but just like, like could, fuck yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like the kind of thing, though, where like, if you got like a petrol and you're like, this is the best petrol in the world. It gets, you know, eight miles to the gallon. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't drive. And then you're like, so this is the best petrol. You're like, well, no, that petrol's actually overrated because this petrol gets nine miles to the gallon, so it's a way better petrol. Then I get that. I find it just hard to break it down in terms of 
My Petrol? Ma- <laughs> yeah, that is a difficult analogy. But does that make sense? <laughs> no. Because like, there's a numerical value to it, so you can prove like numerically, oh, this petrol is worse than this petrol. So I know, petrol but like no one's bad. asking you out to prove what it means, something means to be overrated. But there is a cultural phenomenon of people creating hype over specific things. Okay, what's something popular in that, that moment? You, you just don't get, and you're just like, hey. like for example, Crash at the Oscars. Like, yeah. that was a marketing push to get an overrated film, an Oscar, and, like, ev- everyone was talking about it, even though it was Garbo. So do you think that the people who like Crash don't like it? I think they were if they were rewatched that, it. Like... But, like, people can be influenced by hype, and they can also be influenced by just the word Oscar. Oh, I saw this film, it won an Oscar, so I guess it's good, you know? Like, people judge things by that barometer. But then, see, I bet we could find people that would passionately argue that it's like the greatest movie ever. Oh, yeah, they would course. be wrong, but yeah, I'm not arguing. But <laughs> yeah. do you know what? Like, do you see what? I guess this is just why. I know, but you're breaking it down too much. Like, okay, well, yeah, uh, it, it's just I'll just say be... I had all the shit. I said all the shit at the panel, and the last thing I said at the panel was so my hero academia because that's yeah. the answer for me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, good answer. Uh, who would dominate uh, uh, moves? Rock paper scissors. I don't, what's the dominant move in rock, paper, scissors? Literally nothing beats rock. Uh, scissors, because it's gay. <laughs> yeah. <Whoa. laughs> okay, I guess we just move on. <laughs> paper. Because you picked it, fucking scissors and rock. And we all fucking counter each other. Uh, what would your Yakuza-style back tattoo be? Oh! Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, sorry. Okay, okay. Brian, you should get, like, a Yoshi. <laughs> a w- guinea pig riding a Yoshi. I just want... Uh, I want a Yakuza getting a back tattoo. Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's really hyper-detailed. What about you, Neil? Um, My fat lurcher with a sword in her mouth. <laughs> my dog. <laughs> She's not fat. She is. She's on steroids oh, now. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. She's chubbing. She's she's chunked up. Um, I think I, I I really respect the tattoos that are like something really non-threatening. So just like a small cat, but like drawn in a cool way. No, it's got to be the whole fucking back. Yeah. Or just an object, oh, like, like yeah. a mini disc player or yeah. a CD player. <laughs> like, like, do you want flower what about, petals what about and waterfalls? Just, what about just flashes? yourself? Like, just a realistic a portrait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve-O thumbs up thing. I'm awesome. Did you see the version of that where it's someone got the Steve-O back portrait done as Jar Jar? Oh, and no. it's so detailed and it's so good. It looks amazing, but it's also, why would you fucking do that to yourself? <laughs> and to people in your life. Look, it's not even... It's tough. It is tough out there. Uh, okay, and then this last question... Oh, there's so many... Hey. Brian, you picked this email. I love this email. But Who is it just, from? It's dense. Okay, it's we'll from... try. We'll try and get through it fast. I've it's forgotten. Okay. Okay. Liam, why? <laughs> <laughs> Your options are fifty hawks, ten crocodiles, three brown brown bears, fifteen wolves, one hunter, seven cape buffalo, <laughs> ten thousand rats, five gorillas, and four lions. You must pick two that will defend you while the rest are coming to kill you. I guess it, so. It's like tabs. Rats and wolves, no problem. Oh, I was going rats and bears. I want the hunter, but I hope the hunter is vampelled from Jumanji. I don't want crocodiles. You're gonna die, Brian. The rats will just eat everything. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Well, and, and look, the cool thing is, the rats, you could get a few rat kings in there. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want, I'm not signing with the rats. I'm not a rat. I'm leaving it at that. Liam, thank you so much. No, go. No, no, no. no you no. can't do that. I, no, it, 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 it's actually just like Matthew. It's all shit from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Liam. <laughs> Liam, thank you so much. Those are super fun. Yeah. Um, one more. One more is... Okay, quick questions again. These are from Noah. And... John, if the Bleach anime ever came back to adapt The Last Ark, Thousand Year Blood War, a.k.a. Quincy Ark, mm -hmm. would you watch it or not? Uh, Sure. Neve, uh, uh, I've long considered getting into Tomb Raider series of games. Which one do you think is the most worth worth it for standing? I don't, you yeah. can get T Tomb Raider 2013 for five euro on every console, so just start there. It's good. It's a good game. Uh, this is to me, but I guess it's to all of us, really. I plan on getting into animation after I finish high school. I was wondering, as someone who works in that field, we we all do. Um, what are some useful skills I should try to master before entering the industry? I mean, it depends what part of animation you want to get in. Yeah. If um, if it's just raw-ass animation, draftsmanship will help you a lot. Learning to draw, take every opportunity to life draw. Learn to love drawing. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just enjoy it and you will get better naturally as opposed to trying to like squeeze the good drawings out of yourself. I think in terms of software, no matter what department you're in, you're going to open up Photoshop. I think you need to know Photoshop. You Definitely. need to know how to yeah. navigate that software. Um, I think it's always good to know two bits of software side by side. Like Photoshop and After Effects super complement each other. Uh, animation software be Toon Boom Harmony and TV Paint. Flash is kind of doesn't really exist anymore. Now it's Adobe Animate. A basic, uh, a basic understanding of just file formats and frames per second and stuff like that will go a long way as well yeah that will say those that's the kind of stuff that will like save you disastrous results mm -hmm. and then just um from the social aspect animation is team sport get good or at least be prepared to work with other people don't hide your stuff away show other people your work get feedback on your work and like just accept criticism and be prepared to grow grow like it's all about the collaboration yeah yeah and you're going to get notes. It's fine. It's just part of the job. Yeah, you like, just go, okay, and then you do your notes. Yeah, it's not personal. It's it's just you are literally a tool for the director and they are just using you how they want. Yeah, in some ways it is. You're a sexy hammer. Yeah. Stay What's positive. What's a sexier tool than a hammer? A saw. It's a saw. Yeah, saw it's a saw, saw yeah. definitely. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. Yeah. They make such a good sound. Mm -hmm. Such a good sound. Okay. Um... That's that's that, then, I guess. That's that. That's the end of the emails. That's the end of the emails. Ask us by the boss, gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for the emails. Um, sometimes I think we should do an email-only podcast sometime. We have so many. Yeah, yeah, I think we should. It's like I th At this point, I feel like we're answering maybe 1% of emails. I'd say what'll happen is, towards the end of the summer, there'll be nothing going on. It'll just be backlog of games. Let's just see how we get on. Let's, 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 let's get a little tipsy. Let's do some emails. <laughs> yeah. Um, Patreon shoutouts. Nice save. What are you talking about? Um, we said at the very beginning of this, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash L-F-A-V-B-E. <gasps> I'm just doing a bit. It's L-F-A-B. Let's fight a boss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we have... 
many delicious rewards. We do. If and you... a whole community of boss casters there for you to hang out with. Yeah, they're on a Discord. Guaranteed to be at least a little cooler than the people you know in real life. I can confirm that. Mm -hmm, it's true. We have a $3 tier. Uh, one of the perks of that is that you can type something in to a particular thing. I don't know what they're called on Discord. Server. A server, yeah. And um, we have to read it out. It could get, be anything. Get the fuck out. Like, we have to. Happy birthday to your mom. Happy birthday to your dog. Will you marry me, Thomas? Yeah, to Thomas. <laughs> they're, they're, okay, like... Get that sweet Thomas hat. Yeah. There probably is some stuff we can't read out, but like... Oh, there's absolutely some stuff we can't read out. <laughs> but yeah, But no. generally. We've yeah. never turned anyone down yet. Yeah. Yeah, don't be that but person. Like, don't be that person. Like, I think uh, people aren't harnessing the power of this well enough. Oh, no? No, like, you could, like, make a saint. Most things. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're making me a little nervous. <laughs> okay, uh, who wants to go first? Neve, why don't you take this first one away from Lightspeed Boy? Always drink your orange juice, kids. Wow. I mean, that's just, that's just straight up good advice. Yeah. Brian, why don't you take this one from Neon Love? I see what you've done here. Uh, sometimes I turn up the volume when listening to the podcast so the squirrel that's always on top of my neighbor's roof goes away. It always works. Cool. Cool. And from Dr. Jank, <laughs> don't worry, Josh, us dirt babies must rise against those above us. Next year, we shall set upon, we shall sit, next year, we shall set upon the throne. No, oh. it's, read it word for word next because I copy paste them. <laughs> next year, we shall set upon the set upon throne. There is no the. Next year we shall set upon throne or lay across the two, whichever is more comfortable. No, read out comfortable. Say it. Next year we shall set upon throne or lay across the two, whichever is more comfortable. <laughs> there is only one throne, me and um, Brian sit on each other's laps. Yep. We alternate. Uh, I'm actually fine with you two doing your queen stick. Because I feel like you only have so much time left to do it, and it would be cruel to interrupt it now. Well, yeah, at some point this podcast is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we know when it will. I think we should add something to the queendom. What? Because I was trying to think, what is my perk? What do I get for being the queen? Well, whatever you get, I get in January when I become queen. Yeah, if you ever become queen, you'll get it too. Okay. So I think between the stages of... The top 10 to 5 on our game of the year, someone gets more weight behind their vote. Absolutely not. They get the no queen's fucking vote. Way. <laughs> I know what game is going to get pushed and which one is not. So, but like it can't go beyond the top 5. No. It I'm not agreeing to this. No? <laughs> no? Not at all. Okay. So, queen vote. You don't ever want to have control of the queen vote. Neve, do you think I don't remember? The voting situation from the beginning of this year. Do you think I don't remember the awful mistake that you both forced me into? No. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I, I, do. Don't remember. I do. I don't remember. Like There's... there's there, One of our votes is dependent on where a game lands in our game of the year list. And I feel so fucking stupid for going for it. But giving you more power means you could only affect that again. And I am so close to becoming queen. I'm so fucking close. If you think I'm going to do anything to let to let that slip, 
You've heard it here first, folks. The Queen has a special vote in the game of Jesus the year. Jesus Christ, can we just finish this fucking podcast? Um, two against one, I agree. No. Loot drop! <laughs> this is the end of the podcast. This is the end of the podcast right here. How about we go with you first, John, because it the says... The end he, of the podcast, my dear. He has lost it. <laughs> He's just plain madness. Really tired. Yeah. I'm really, really tired. That's that's nice. I I kind of like when you're not 100. percent I don't like it. I feel soft. Yeah. Mm. How fat did you get in LA? I'm pretty fat. Nice. Yeah. Can't wait to roll around with you. Oh, Brian. <laughs> it's fine. It's just friends. So this is going to be my second time. Loot dropping something I'm in. I'm sorry, I won't do it after this. But I really wanted to loot drop the Mystical Ninja playthrough I did with Woolly. Um, I had so much fun doing this. I thought it was really great. I've gotten a lot of fan art from it, which I think is a really good indication of how much people liked it. The full let LP is available over on Woolly Versus. And if you enjoy the tone of Let's Fight a Boss, if you like me getting shit on a lot, this is a really good Let's Play for that. It's um, why I enjoyed it. Did you watch it? Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I love Mystical Ninja. I, I played it last year. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's so hard. It is. It, it's a pain in the ass. But I I can't believe that game got localized I know, in the yeah. early 90s. Like, that should have been left in Japan. Did it's, you it's enjoy insane. the part of the Let's Play when just everything went to shit? Like, complete shit? Yeah. And we just... The illusion came shattering down. That game is aged in places. I still love it. I still think that's a fantastic game. It, no, it's, it's super charming. Yeah. Neve, what do you got? Mine is a channel called OKI's Weird Stories. And this the algorithm pushed one of his newest videos up to me. Same. And it was great. It was uh, The Rise and Fall of Dan Ninen. Yep. Who's like a really weird comic who sends other stand-up comedians emails telling them about how well he's doing and how shit they're doing. Um, he's not a good comedian. Uh, he lies about his age consistently. He's just a real wackadoo dude. And this is just a real good video uh, detailing it. The rest of his channel is amazing as well. I watched his four part series about John McAfee of, you know, virus, antivirus software fame. That guy's life is insane. It's yes. like a yeah. fucking Grand Theft Auto storyline. kill dogs and stuff. Yeah, he's I, fucking I know weird. Like one or two snippets and they're so bizarre. This four-part series on it is great. Like, the editing is solid. The storytelling is really, like, on point. Nothing runs too long. Everything is concise in the way it should be, but also really entertaining. It's a great channel. I, It feels like one that's going to blow up. He only has, like, 39,000 subscribers. Oh, really? Yeah, which it feels like he should have so much more. With I'll, I'll take a look at him. Yeah, a lot of, lot of good stuff. And I just like his vibe. He's cool. Uh, so that's my channel drop. Brian. Mine is Pony Smasher on YouTube. This is a video that got recommended to me. Um, have either of you seen Shazam or are interested in seeing Shazam? The DC yes. superhero movie. Is there a movie called Sh also called Shazam starring a genie? Kazam, I think okay, is the sorry, name of yeah. it. Uh, Shazam's really good. Um, I didn't talk about it being in this podcast, but I, I did watch that film and it's, it's, it's very good. I've heard good things. It's like that Tom Hanks movie, Big, with a little bit of kick-ass in it. Like, it's just... But a boy who becomes an adult man superhero. Like, it, it, it's funny. Anyway, the director of that movie has a YouTube channel that he occasionally still uses. And this is a Cinema Sins style video about the making of Shazam. What? Yeah. 
And he's just pointing out, like, this is how he did this shot. You might think this is in there for a dumb reason, but it's actually in the movie for another reason. Interesting. It's it's just like it's super down to earth. Yeah. And I'm I really I'm really glad this video exists and I think everyone should watch it. If you like movies and you wonder how movies are made, this is a great video. Guys, I am really tired and it's starting to get hard to talk. It it there 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 are points in this episode where I was I didn't know what I was saying to what yep. I was. So Let's all get on board the Token Express. No, I fucking hate the Token Express. I don't. Next stop, next stop, Sleepy Town. Yeah. Pull up that duvet, put on your nightcap, give him a kiss. (laughs) We're going straight to hell. (laughs) Motherfucker! Good night, everybody.